Welcome to the Becoming Muslim podcast. This podcast is to shine a light in a beautiful religion in a world where the media makes it all seem not so nice. As your white suburban convert now living in London, I'm your host, Marilyn Rose. And today we have a very special guest for you, a French-born Muslim sister. After working for years in a nonprofit for a well-known Muslim convert, this strong, independent woman decided to pack her bags from the Paris living and embark on a brand new solo journey. She bagged a top-notch head job for a financial media company in London, and as the only Muslim out of 250 people in her company, not only is she climbing the corporate ladder, but also leading the path for Muslim sisters. I'm pleased to introduce to you my good friend, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. So Sarah, I'm so glad that you're on the Becoming Muslim podcast. You are our first guest, (laughs) which all the excitement. So what I want to really talk about is first, let's just go into what made you leave France to come to London. Okay. So the reason is quite simple. I was um, living in France. I had a job. Everything was okay, but I felt a little bit unfulfilled, and I wanted to start something French. Uh, French, sorry, sorry, not French. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I decided to go out of my comfort zone and just take my stuff and try a new life. And when you found. You had already found your job in London, or did you just decide to come to London first? No, what what I did uh, is that I started to search in France, and um, then I went there for some interviews, and as soon as I uh, got a job offer, I arrived in London. So, so if... Uh, sorry? Go ahead. Yeah, so it was quite... Uh, a quick process. I think I found a job within like three weeks. So um, yeah, it was it was a, a good uh, a good start. Was London always the place on your mind, or did you have other options as well? No, absolutely not. Um, so at the beginning, I wanted to try something new in Dubai. So what I did is that I went to Dubai for a month just because I, I needed to have fresh hair and I wanted to see how was the market there. So I was there for a month. I met a lot of people. Um, I tried to understand what made Dubai so special. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. In terms of, um, of business, excellence and mindset. And when I was there, um, I understood that, yeah, I had to leave friends to upgrade myself if it makes sense so yeah it was a good start and then I felt that maybe Dubai was a little bit too far from France to 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 leave my family because it was the first time I left my family so I came back in France and then I was like London seems to be a good um a good uh how do you say a good opportunity it's a English-speaking country it's only uh, one hour from France, so it was easier to say to my family, I'm leaving if it's just like one hour away from France. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. So then the job that you work in now, you are the only Muslim sister who wears a hijab, correct? Yes, I am. And how, 
I know, like, for a lot of our audience, like, and of course for everybody, like, the hijab is like a whole different conversation that will do a different, whole other, like, podcast for you. Have you always, I guess, worn a hijab, like, your whole life, or was that a process for you? Yeah, it was a process. Like, um, I've been wearing the hijab now for the last seven years. Um, it was very hard for me to understand uh, the, the the goal of the hijab. So I started by um, a turban. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It was yeah. So yeah, the turban it. style. <laughs> yes, and then I decided to to put the proper hijab on. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of struggles at the beginning, to be honest, because um, I was not used to see women wearing the hijab in my family. So, yeah, it was a lot of ups and downs. And then um, I managed to, to deal with it. And today I feel that my hijab helps me um, a lot and helped me to become a better person. I gained confidence. Um, I became more resilient. And, yeah. So, um, yeah. So for the audience listening, like the proper hijab is, it covers, it like goes around your head and it, it comes up in front and covers the front, correct? That would say that's like the easiest way to, covers the neck and yeah, all of that, the good stuff. Um, we can at- attach a, a picture <laughs> below. Um, but for... Those who, I know there's just a lot of, one of the biggest things with uh, like proper hijab is that it actually fully covers all of your hair completely. Yeah, and so like fashion wise, you'll see people who like wear it half off or I mean like even, who is it? Aubrey Hepburn used to wear a scarf, right? Like she was one, is Aubrey Hepburn like French? Say it again. Do you know who, um, maybe she's, I don't know, I'm so bad with fashion, but I'm sure you've seen, uh, we were talking about this recently, was the fashion world of, like, modest wear. Yeah. Yeah, can you just tell us a little bit about, like, the research that you found behind, like, who was it, the Swedish, you tell the story. Uh, sorry, I don't understand. Of the, um the queen that you were talking about yesterday? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that today and forever, as far as I'm concerned, the hijab is something I wear for my Lord. This is something I do for God. But with time, I figure out that the hijab is more than, like, a religious um, um, a religious way to express myself. It's also all about a behavior, a way to, a lifestyle, a way to behave with people. Does it make sense? Yeah, it does. And that's why I usually say that, yeah, the hijab is my crown because it, it really empowers me and it makes me feel very um, yeah, confident in my way to behave, even at work, uh, because we were speaking about uh, being the, the single Muslim woman at work. It's a lot of people might think that the hijab can be um, something which um, uh, can be a, a bad thing in the workplace, but to me, it can be an asset if you have the good mindset as well. 
Oh, 100%. You know everything that's going on with, in France right now. They like just released a law that you have to pay a fine if you wear, like I think it's 180 euros if you're caught in public like wearing either like a niqab or a burqa, I think. Yeah. Was that what was, was that going, oh, like has that been happening for a long time? Uh, being honest, I don't remember, but I think that this law is like five years old. But the thing is that the problem in France is um, even bigger because the niqab is a thing. But today we still have a lot of issues with the hijab. It means that when you cover your hair and you just uh, let your face out, even this is still an issue in France. And as a proof, um, you know, we have this brand Nike, Uh, which released um, a scarf for women who are practicing like sports. Mm -hmm. We have a brand in France uh, last week which uh, announced that they wanted to sell the same uh, the same product, right? And it was such a scandal in France. Even a member of the government uh, stood up to say that they don't want this product to be sold. symbol of oppression this is the symbol of uh, islamism and all this stuff so yeah we have a hard time in france um with uh, the hijab there's a lot of misconceptions about the hijab and what it is and especially what it's not that just it seriously blows my mind so much i remember uh in america like obviously american Americans are a little, I like to say my Americans are very chill, <laughs> but I remember coming, uh, when I first wore a hijab, uh, in America, obviously I went through the whole evolution of like going like turban style, going like just a whole bunch of different options and then started wearing like more of the proper hijab. I didn't, uh, ever show my hair when I was like trying out even like turban style and stuff, but I just remember once I wore like full hijab, like all of the amount of like stares and looks that I had like gotten, I was thinking like, what is this? Like, it's, this is so new. I like underneath, I'm still, I'm still Maryland. I've never changed. So that's, I think what's just crazy about so many people who don't necessarily understand Islam, the religion or or like even the reason why people wear it. But just the fact that because Like, they have such a, like a, I guess, a connotation in their head. They don't actually ask or, like, pursue to meet any Muslims. Do you, have you ever experienced uh, at work, like, somebody thinking of you, like, differently because you're wearing a hijab? Yeah, exactly. It happened to me when I uh, started this new job in the city. Um, first of all, what I would like to say is that, and this is my own uh, opinion, okay? I'm not telling that this is the truth or whatever, it's just my opinion. I think that there are so many misconceptions about the scarf, the hijab, because people are um, trusting the media way too much. They are always looking at television and newspapers and all this stuff, which only put the focus on bad things If you put the TV on and you are looking at news, you will never have hear like good news or positive stuff. It will all, always be bad things happening in the world, right? So 
So I think that people are influenced by like newspaper, TV, and uh, yeah. And at work, just to answer your question, it happened to me twice. So the first time it was a woman. She came, so I was, I think, like two months uh, new in the company. And uh, she came and she was like, uh, oh, nice to meet you. How are you? What's your job? What's your name? And then she told me, um, may I ask you a question? I said, yeah, sure, please go ahead. And she told me, um, I don't understand why you're working. So I looked at her and I was like, what do you mean? And she told me, yeah, because I can see that you're wearing a scarf. So it means that you're married. And if you're married, you can't work. I was so surprised. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is the first case. So then we spoke together for 30 minutes. And at the end, she was so happy. She told me, oh, I'm so glad I spoke with you because um, I didn't know all that about your religion and the scarf. And I realized that I have so many wrong ideas about what is the scarf, what is Islam, and what is the life of a Muslim woman in this world. So it was the first case. And the second case was a man who came, and uh, he was very polite, a nice guy, but he wanted to be honest, and he told me, you know what, Sarah, I have to tell you the truth. I was like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> and he told me, I have a problem with your religion. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> yeah, please. And um, so I asked him, why do you have a problem with my religion, with Islam? And he told me, because I think that your religion is oppressing women so much. And then, you know, I try to be open and not judgmental or just to keep cool and just try to understand his point of view. And I asked him, okay, give me an example. What makes you think that this religion is a bad religion and all he was saying was like things we can hear in newspapers like yeah you know um men uh, muslim men are uh, oppressing women women have no freedom and all this stuff and then i look at him and i i said to him but if this was the truth do you think that i would be in this company in this country alone on my own do, do you think that I seem to be an oppressed woman? Do you think that I seem to be so miserable? And he laughed and he told me, oh, no, you're right, I'm sorry. It was, it, was, it was ridiculous. I'm very happy that I had this discussion with a woman because, you know, we only hear men um, speaking about Muslim women, but I never had the opportunity to speak with a woman. Do you understand? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. It just always gets my like, what is going on? <laughs> no, but it makes it makes so much sense because a lot of times, I mean, I'm sure we have our own like connotations of like other things. But at the end of the day, you only know the truth of like religion or of other people's like perceptions if you like dig in or ask somebody who's actually practicing, which is really cool. Yeah. So from there, I was thinking one of the things that I'm sure like the audience would like to hear about is just how, what are some of the ways, like some of the things that you embark on and you travel 
like coming, like how do you, what is your experience? Like take us along a process of that you've had from going from France to London or London back to France. Take us on your travel experience. What do you mean? As a Muslim woman? Yeah. Well, so um, when I arrived in the, in the United Kingdom, I found that everything was so different. Um, I will not say better or worse. I would just say different because every country has his, its good and bad points, right? So, yeah, I found that it was um, easier to settle in London, even if it's not a, um, a really easy city. But I felt that people are more focused on what you can offer um, instead of what you look like. Even if I had some people ask me asking me questions, but it was always very polite and like, obviously people were just trying to understand things. But in France, it's very different. For example, I have a French name, a very French name, but because I'm uh, mixed, like my dad is Caribbean and my mom is from Morocco, I'm not a white person. Like, I am fair-skinned, but still not a white person. And in France, when you arrive and when people are asking your name, when you, you give your name, they don't believe you because if you are not white, you can't have a French, French name. Do you see what I mean? Wow. So, yeah, it's very different. Um, yeah, I would say that people in uh, in London, I would only speak about London because I don't know people in other cities in the United Kingdom, are more, I feel more open. So every time I go back in France, it's always a shock for me because now I've been in London for a year. I'm used to be there. And when I go back in France, I always remember that, wow, the French society can be very, very rude um, towards like Muslim people. But still, not every French person, um, like some people in France are very nice. You, like, I don't want people to, to think that, oh, okay, I will never go in France because people are racist. This is, not, this is not the message I want to spread. I just want to speak about like cultural differences between those, these two countries, which are only separate, separated by like one hour flight. So this is crazy. 100%. Like, I, I remember hearing uh, this thing where it's like culture and Islam. Like, Islam is like water. Like, in its religion, in its purity, it's 100%. It's like clear, great for the body. It's pure, crisp, nice. But Islam with culture is like Coca-Cola. It's sweet and tasty and fun going down, but it's killing your body it's horrible it like actually causes you harm <laughs> so I think that's always so like important for every like the audience to understand is just like when you're looking at culture and you're looking at Islam as a religion that even if you look at like people to actually understand the religion you have to look at the religion for itself and not necessarily look at the people or their culture because at the end of the day like we're all human we all make mistakes and we all go through our own journey and so that's always so yeah it's really important and i was thinking so we were talking about yesterday you had this like whole concept is so important for like our generation and i think like necessary like even more importantly, like the youth of our generation. And yesterday we were talking about how 
you had you were on the, a lovely bus adventure from London to France. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we won't talk necessarily so much about those great um, perks of taking the bus, but rather the conversation you had with the Muslim sister who was sitting next to you. Yeah, exactly. So I was uh, sitting next to this young lady. She was about like 22. And um, being honest, I was not like I was just waiting for this trip to, to end. And she, she she wanted to speak with me, so she started to ask me some questions about uh, my origins. And, ob- like, of course, she asked me, are you married? Because this is all, always the same question. <laughs> the first two questions, where are you from? Are you married? Always the same questions. And um, and then, yes, we, we started to, to speak together. And she told me, um, oh, you know, if I show you a picture of me like five years ago, you won't believe it. And uh, she was wearing a cap. She has her hair out, and that's perfectly fine. And then she showed she showed me her like student card. Do you call it like this, like student card? Yeah, student and ID. I, that on the on this card she had a, a hijab. So when I saw this, I was like, okay, like. I have no comment to do on what you just showed me. This is your freedom. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Like, and she told me yes, but you know, I was wearing this hijab. But when I started to go to uni, I I um, I discovered that I was the only one to wear the hijab, and I felt so weird that I decided to take it off. And then she asked me, "What about you? Are you working?" And I said, "Yes, I'm working." And she asked me, "Are you working with a lot of other Muslim people?" And I told her, "No, I'm the only one to like the only Muslim women in my company and the only one to have a scarf." And she told me, "Okay, are you taking it, uh, removing it before going to work?" And I. I told her, no, 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 I keep my hijab and I go to work, I'm working in the city and that's it. that's okay, that's perfectly fine for everybody, I have no problem with people, everything goes well. And she, she, she had a big smile on her face and she told me, this is so cool and it makes me think, it made me think, sorry, that I think that it's like education is so important. I think that parents should um, teach their children that being different is fine, is okay. It can be an asset. It's not a bad thing. And yeah, I was like, she, she was very cute, and I was a little bit <laughs> sad for her because I, I felt that she was not, you know, she was searching for her own identity. Yep. It's always like complicated because I'm a stranger to her to give her advice and everything. So I just like try to be positive and to explain to her that being different is okay. And that if you have the good mindset, if you just put the focus on what you can offer on your work, your studies, like people don't mind that much, I think. Oh, a hundred percent. I was just listening to this story uh, as well from like a Muslim brother who uh, like wasn't necessarily like in a like a great uh, workplace. And so he left that job and he himself had gone into like applied for another one and they were doing like he was on his third 
interview of the process. And on that third interview, they were like, oh, great. Like, we really like you. Now we just have to see if you pass the beer test. And he's like, what is what? Right, I know, exactly, but, like, I know, like, white culture and stuff, that's so normal, like, you go hang out, whatever, do, like, obviously, it's not an Islamic at all, but, like, so the guy had said to them, like, I'm sorry, no, I can't, I'm not going to participate in that, and he just left, and the recruiter had called him later on and asked, "Uh, hey, uh, what, why, like, don't you want to do a beer test, and he goes, I'm, I don't, drink alcohol nor do I like associate or hang out with people like while they're drinking like even if I grab like an orange juice or whatever I don't do it and it was during Ramadan time so the fasting from dusk till dawn or dawn till dusk morning till evening and uh the guy calls and he's like you know I I read on Ramadan like after iftari (laughs) obviously iftar after iftar you can drink and he was like you don't drink alcohol and he goes but regardless like I'm like even I'm not going to do that uh anyways and the guy goes he talks to his like the recruiter goes back and talks to the boss and the boss comes to the guy and it says out of 20 years of hiring I have never seen anybody not compromise their religion for money you were the first yeah like you are the first person like you're hired let's let's get you started And so, like, that just proves to show, like, how much, like, Allah, like, God's going to hook you up, like, as long as you stay truthful to yourself. And one of the big things is I know for everybody, like, going through your own, like, identity and going through, like, society and culture and the worldly things, the dunya, like, it's so easy to get wrapped up into it. But at the end of the day, like, we all are going to be held accountable, yeah, this is a good reminder, I think. Yeah, it's deep, deep stuff. <laughs> but uh, I guess there's a question. So being born Muslim, like, are both of your parents Muslim? Yeah, so my situation, like previous situations, is a bit complicated. So I was born Muslim because both of my parents were Muslim when I was born. But... My dad and my mom was not practicing. I mean, the only thing that made them Muslim in their lifetime, I mean, is that they were fasting during Ramadan. So I was raised uh, as a Muslim girl, but I knew nothing about my religion. So for me, it was just a cultural heritage, if this makes sense. Yeah. So I was, it was just a kind of etiquette, you know, I'm Muslim, okay, that's fine. But my lifestyle was similar to non-Muslim people. And my mom discovered what Islam is when she was like 45. So I was about like 20, 21. Mm-hmm. And this, at this age that I started to learn my religion and I started to change my lifestyle and I started to pray, and I started my my journey. So um, it was a little bit complicated because when you are not used to have rules to follow, you don't necessarily understand why you have to do all this. But then the more you learn, you the more you understand that Islam is such a beautiful religion, which is all about balance, and that Allah just wants the best for us. And if we follow His rule, his rule, sorry, it's always for the better. 
A hundred percent. That's so beautiful for you. How did you like start like digging into like understanding the more practicing? You said it was from your mom, but did you also like continue to study as well on your own like past that? Yes, exactly. Yes, because so my mom when she started to discover um, the religion, you know, as a mom, she wanted everybody in the family to to follow it. And because I was 20, and because <laughs> it was so new for me, I was like, no, I, I, I'm not doing this. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, at the beginning was very, uh, I had a complicated, like, relationship with my mom because I had the feeling that she just wanted to, like, you know, um, to, to have the lead on my own life. So what I did is that I tried to, search for um, courses, you know, like Islamic uh, classes uh, in Paris. And I found it very easily because all, even if, like, even if France is um, kind of difficult country for Muslim people, Alhamdulillah, we have a, a, a strong community. We have so much, uh, like, Islamic classes. If you want to learn, you will always find a solution to learn. So this is what I did. And, uh, yeah, I did my own. I needed to have my own way to learn this religion, and I wanted to, to make sure that it was my choice. As for the hijab, it was my choice. Even if people were telling me, you have to do it, this is what you have to do it. I thought, okay, this is what people are saying, but I want to make sure I understand what I am doing and I want to make sure that I'm doing things for my Lord and not for people. A hundred percent, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, I took classes in Paris. I tried to meet as many Muslim people as I could and this is how everything started, really. I love it. That's so awesome. I think it's like the whole process of, like, information, I think, like, Honestly, Allah always will hook you up. If you ask for help, Allah is going to hook you up, which I think is cool. <laughs> That's at least what I found like in the whole process. But I think one of the like really important things is that, again, just people have to differentiate like the culture from the religion. Because, yeah, because like even just from what you're saying, like I know even like that's so predominantly like an issue even in London, like from a lot of people like they've raised... Like, some cultural aspect, it's great. Like, you you know what Ramadan is. Like, you know all of these aspects. But, like, to just dig deeper and, like, really make that connection is so important. It is, yeah, indeed. I love it. So when you, just going off of, like, that aspect, when you came to London, leaving your family, like, how did you stay connected practicing while you were like away from your culture of like islam like how did you stay on the straight path <laughs> yeah so what i would say what i want to say about culture is that um because i'm from a mixed family i was raised as a French person. So my culture is French. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I don't have a Moroccan culture. I, I'm like really French in my way to, to my way to be. So I don't have this issue with culture. You know, when some 
um, people are doing things and they say this is Islam, but it is, it's not Islam, it's just a culture which mm-hmm. has been added as something which, um, which people think is Islamic, but it's not. So I, I don't have this, um, this, I would say, like, it's not an issue, but do you see what I mean? Like this, yeah, okay, yeah. I understand what I mean. I do. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, well, I think that um, coming to London, being on my own was also an opportunity for me to strengthen my relationship with God because um, the first six months I was very, very lonely because I was so new in this city and you know how Londoners are, they don't have time, it's quite complicated to meet people here, even in the community, I found that it was not easy to, even going to the mosque, uh, sometimes I wanted to speak with some sisters and I felt that, I felt some rejection, yep. um, so yeah, that, yeah, we have to be honest, like, a hundred percent, and uh, yeah, so it was it was quite complicated at the beginning, but it was an opportunity, as I said, to strengthen my my relationship with God. Because when you have nobody to speak with, when you have no friends, when your family is far away, when you have nobody, you have Allah with you. So yeah, I I, I feel it's my feeling. I feel that I'm I feel closest to Allah now that when I was in my comfort zone because. Now, um, you know, you. when I go out, um, I know that if something happens to me, my dad is not here, my brothers are, are not here, so I know that Allah is with me. I don't know if you understand what I want to say, but I feel that coming in this city was hard at the beginning in terms of um, community relationship, uh, because even to find classes was it was a little bit hard for me, because um, in London there are a lot of different communities, Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was not easy. But what is good with internet today is that you can stay connected to your country. So I have uh, courses, on, online courses, sorry, uh, which are French. So this is my way to stay connected to my religion. And uh, of course, I met very nice Muslim girls in the city. Mashallah, I love it. I know. I'm, I mean, I'm still out here trying to find American converts living in London. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, where are you at, people? Where are you at? No, alhamdulillah, it's good. I get to explore and do a lot of other things. So then I guess just with one final question, like drum roll. What would you like to leave the audience with on what you do to maintain balance between life like islam working at a corporate job doing your own thing what would you say is like your go-to thing or go-to like prayer or go-to anything just to maintain balance what would you say is that I'm not sure I understand properly what you what you ask me do you, do you mean what kind of advice yeah, I could give to the audience. Okay, um, I think it's what I would say is very simple. Islam is all about balance. Islam is all about having the good lifestyle. So, to me, and just 
once again, my opinion, we can be everything we want, but we just have to keep in mind that this life is short and the hereafter is a reality. So in everything that we are doing, we have to always ask ourselves, is this a good thing for my faith? Is this something that would make my Lord happy or not? And then follow your intuition because, you know, sometimes we are doing things and we are like, should I do this or not? I don't know, but wow, oh, that's not a big issue. It's not a problem. We are sinners. But <laughs> we have to keep in mind, if you're thinking like this, you you have the, the, you have the, the answer. If you are struggling like this, you know deep inside that you're not doing the good thing. So we can have everything, but the most important is forever our Lord. This is the only thing I would say. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Thank you so much. So is there a way that you would like people to follow you on Instagram or not? Um, what is your Instagram handle or how would you like people to reach out to you if there are other French peeps listening on? Well, I think the most easier way because uh, unfortunately I'm not a very like social media person, but, <laughs> but I would... I will, I will try to be more connected. Um, I think the most easiest, easier way to reach out, maybe to just like use your social media, try to contact you, and I'm very happy to meet like other French uh, Muslim sisters in London. I'm very open, so yeah, maybe just like reach out here. All right, subhanAllah. Okay, so thank you for the audience listening so much. Again, this is Becoming Muslim Podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Sarah or myself, of course, please just join the community at becomingmuslim.com. It's spelled exactly how it sounds, no space or anything like that. Uh, that's the best place to reach us. And of course, it's in the description below. If you have any questions, then we will direct you to the right proper people. Just a full disclaimer, again, Sarah and I are not proper scholars, so everything here, none of this should be taken as Islamic law. This is our lives, our personal experiences, our journey for proper Islamic law, thick questions or anything like that. Feel free to reach out to us as well, and I can help direct you to the right people. So thanks so much for listening at Becoming Muslim podcast again just go to becomingmuslim.com or feel free to email me all this is in the description make sure you like you subscribe and you share this podcast with your friends thank you and peace out assalamu alaikum